0: We are uh, continuing in Colossians this morning. Um, we're gonna be at the beginning of chapter three, so if you wanna turn there, you can. Um, we uh, have, uh, I hope you've been enjoying this study. I, I love Colossians, I love uh, just the truths that are um, in this book. I think, um, I think all truth is life-changing, right? Uh, but I think a lot of the truths that we're talking about here are things that uh, can really um, change the foundations of our lives and the way that we uh, we live out um, our day-to-day walk, and so it gets me excited uh, to to study these things. Um, we've talked about this idea that uh, that as Jesus uh, died, was buried, and rose again, uh, that actually physically happened two thousand years ago. That him doing that uh, caused us to die, be buried, and rose again, um, and risen again. Uh, but, th- but physically, right? He did, it, he did it physically. We do it spiritually, right? That uh, He did that for us 2,000 years ago when He uh, died and was buried and rose again. And so uh, we live this new life, this transformed life in Him. And, um, but as we talked about last week... Paul follows that up immediately with kind of this caution, which is that now that we, we live in this new life uh, and we have the, all this freedom in Christ uh, to live like he did, love like he did, um, that there will be those who will want to add uh, rules onto our lives, uh, regulations onto our lives. Um, they will uh, want to judge us for living in, our, in the freedom that we have in Christ, and um, and so that can actually return us to chains, right? We've been freed, but it can return us to chains because we're, we're allowing others' expectations of us because of standards that they have in their own life to put us back into chains. Um, and he cautioned against that, not to let others do that. They can do what they want, but, but not allow their judgment of you to restrict your freedom, right? Um, or, or our own judgment of ourselves, right? Uh, that that we might have this sense of guilt and and shame uh, over our past, over things that we've done, um, and that might drive us to 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 feel like we have to do some sort of penance with God, right? We have to kind of make it right. We have to have to have some good things that can outweigh the bad things. But we don't need any of that, right? Because we are complete in Christ. He was very clear about that. Um, and that shouldn't. Uh, our serving, our loving people should not come out of a place of uh, of trying to make up for the wrongs that we have done. Um, that's not where uh, where that that life is sourced. Um, or doing some sort of thing where we uh, we keep ourselves from enjoyable things, right? And think that that somehow equals holiness, right? That's very, very common uh, in the world. Like if I, if I restrict myself from these things, uh, you know, in, in order to honor God, that somehow this is a holy restriction, right? I'm not going to have any desserts on second Tuesdays because I love God. Okay, how does that make you more holy, right? He's like, uh, we don't need to restrict ourselves. Uh, we are complete in him, right? Uh, And the biggest thing is, and he finished up with this last week, and and it it leads into what we're talking about this week, so it's important, is that um, all of that, all of that uh, self-effort toward holiness, it puts way too much focus on our work in this life for God and not where the, the focus should be, which is Christ's work on our behalf in and through us for his glory. Those are two absolutely different things, and, 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 uh, and we need to stay away from the one and embrace the other. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. Today, Let me uh, pray for us. Lord, we uh, are just so thankful to be able to come together, um, to be able to worship you, to be able to uh, sing your praises, to be able to open up your word. Um, just pray that uh, you would teach us this morning as we get into this passage. Uh, i excited about these truths uh, that you've given us. Um, just pray that you would uh, allow it to change our thinking, to mold our thinking, uh, to change uh, the way we view ourselves um, and the way we view uh, who you are in us. And um, may you just be glorified in it all. And may we walk away as different people because of what you've done. I pray this all in your name. Amen. So we're going to start with verse 1 here. It says this, Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ. So we got to know what the therefore is there for, right? Uh, I think this one's pretty obvious if you've been around the last couple of weeks. He talked about the fact that we, were died, we died, buried, and were risen with Christ spiritually, right? So he's going, based on those concepts, based on the stuff that I've already laid down, these ideas... If you have been raised with Christ, now uh, we talked about this idea before, but this if is what's called a first, first class condition, which it, it sounds like um, if is asking a question, right? Like maybe you haven't been raised with Christ, but that's not in, in the Greek language, that's not what this if is. This if is a, an assumption of the fact that you have been raised with Christ. It actually sometimes is translated, translated as since. So since you have been raised with Christ, since we have been raised with with, with Christ, Christ, there's no question about whether we have been raised with Christ. We absolutely have been raised with Christ. But here's the problem. This didn't happen physically, right? We talked about this a couple weeks ago. This happened spiritually. This happened in an unseen realm, in an unseen part of us that others can't see within us. And so sometimes it's harder to believe those kinds of truths, right? Because if I, you know, had been shot, laid in the ground, unburied, and came back to life, that would be a pretty singular event in my life. Can we agree? Like, I would always be referring to that and going, hey, do you remember when that happened to me? Like, I was dead, and I was buried, and suddenly I was back to life again. Like, Like, I would be all about that. But because it's spiritual, somehow we give it less weight, right? Um, I uh, just finished reading a book that uh, Mark Souter recommended to me. Uh, I like it. I'd probably recommend it if you, if you want to read it. It's called The Rest of the Gospel uh, by an, a guy named Dan Stone. I don't lo- love everything about it, uh, but I love a lot of things about it. That's pretty much every book I ever read. I, 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 I like some stuff and don't like other stuff, uh, but I... But he has this idea that I, that I like. I think it's a very, very good illustration for our minds, uh, which is the idea of, of our life below what he calls the line, below the line, and our life above the line. Um, so it looks something like this, right? And he says that there are truths about the Christian life, about us, that are, um, are below the line. They're things that we uh, experience in day-to-day life. Uh, we can see it. Uh, someone, we could tell someone who doesn't even believe in Jesus, like, this is the way it is, and they could see that in our lives, right? But there are also many truths, and I would say a lot of the truths that we've looked at in Colossians so far are truths that are above the line, which are these truths that are real. They're, they're more real than the below-the-line truths, but they are unseen, they are spiritual. They are things that we can't see or hear or touch or taste or smell. They are realities of the unseen world. And we tend to really grab on to the truths that are below the line. And we have a harder time with the things above the line because the things that are above the line require faith, right? They require us to trust God when he says, this is the way it is. When we even can't see it in our own lives, we have to go, yeah, I, I trust you, Lord. I trust you that you killed me, that you buried me, and that I am new, right? You raised me to new life. I have to trust that. Like I said, Paul has been talking a lot about the, these above-the-line concepts, uh, This was earlier in chapter one. He says, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Christ's spiritual kingdom is an above the line concept, right? Redemption, the fact that we've been bought out, bought back, not from physical slavery. Right, which is how the word redemption was typically used at that time, or or paid our debt paid for us in real life in real dollars, right? Like someone pulled out their wallet and actually paid money for us. That's a below the line concept. Our redemption is an above the line concept, that we've been bought back spiritually, right? Forgiveness of sins, uh, our pardon, our release from punishment. in this world might not be a reality. Honestly, the, the things that you've done in your life, the, the, the ways you've wronged people, you might be still, still dealing with the fallout of that from that person who maybe hasn't forgived you or brings it up from time to time and, and it's not released. Uh, but that's below the line. Above the line, we are completely pardoned, right? Completely forgiven, released from eternal punishment, right? Being held accountable for it. That's an above the line Concept, a spiritual concept, an eternal concept. Later on in verse 22, he said, He has now reconciled you in his body of flesh through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Can your reconciliation with God be seen by other people? can't. Maybe the ripple effects of it, right? But the actual reconciliation to God, no one can see that. No one sees God, like, hugging you, like, hey, we're buddies again, right? No one sees that. Do you have some sort of, uh, like, holy certificate that says, Nate is holy? Or, or, like, some tattoo behind your ear that's, like, holy, right? Uh, we don't have that. I mean, maybe you do have that tattoo, but, like, that's, in the, that's below the line that you got that tattoo put on, right? <laughs> uh, this, is, this is an unseen thing, Right? Can your and my blamelessness, which is a crazy concept that we are blameless, because all of us can, get, can probably blame ourselves for plenty, right? Can your and my blamelessness be seen by others? It can't. Your guilt, your blame for the things that you've done is obvious to everyone, right? But the wiping away of that blame can't be seen. It's eternal. It's spiritual. It's above the line. Verse 26, he said, uh, The mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations but has now been revealed to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what the wealth of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles is, the mystery that is what? Christ in you. Remember us talking about this? Ah, so good, right? The hope of glory. These, we talked about this idea of a mystery. All mysteries are above the line. All mysteries are things that God had to tell us. We could not have figured them out on our own. He had to say that this is the way that it is. And we have to trust him in it. We have to believe him in it, right? Uh, They are spiritual, spiritual realities that are beyond us. This idea of Christ in me, can anybody see that? No. Can you see the ripple effects of that? I sure hope, right? But the actual reality of Christ in me, it's not like I could, like, Bust myself open and go, look, there's a little Jesus in me or whatever, right? Like, that's just weird. That, that's not a reality. Doesn't make it any less true, though. In fact, it's probably more true than a lot of the blow the line realities. In chapter 2, verse 9, he says, For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Think about this. Could people see Christ's deity? Like, they saw the ripple effects of it, right? I mean, he, was, he did miraculous things all the time. He spoke as no one had ever spoken before. Like, you could see this, right? Um, the, the, the ripple effects of it. But no one could actually see his deity. And that's why people questioned it, right? Look at verse 10. And in him you have been made complete. Can anyone see our completeness? In Christ? No, it's an above the line concept, right? And it goes on and on and on. We talked about circumcision of the heart. Can't see it, that's above the line. Uh, Buried with Christ, above the line. Uh, The debt of our sin nailed to the cross, right? No one saw that. No one saw your sins 2,000 years ago on that cross being nailed there, but but they were. So going back to our passage, he says since, you have been raised with Christ, above the line concept. Keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Keep seeking is a, is a verb tense that's, uh, that's present, active, imperative, which means uh, it's an ongoing thing. Keep this up. Keep doing this. Be in a continual state of seeking things that are above. Make that the kind of the, the status quo of your life, the ongoing reality of your life, that you, when you look at a situation, you tend to look at that situation from the perspective of things that are above the line, not things that are below the line. Because that's where Christ is. That's where all the greatest truths in life in life resign, and that's where our life comes from, is this spiritual realm, Right? Last week we saw uh, this in chapter two, verse 20. It says, if you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why as if you are living in the world do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch? This is a weird statement. I I mentioned it kind of briefly last week, but why as if you are living in the world? What's our first reaction? We are living in the world, right? Like every day I get up and I'm here. This is, the, this is the world in which I live, right? But, but the, the assumption's wrong there from his perspective. Our life is not here. Our life is not in this realm. Our life comes from above the line, right? It comes from eternal things. That is where our life is. That is where the truest things about us reside there. So why would you submit to things that are down here? Do not taste, do not touch, do not do that. Don't do that. You'll be more holy if you do that. God will like you better if you do that. None of that matters. Our life is in him. Our life is in eternal things. The point on your handout, if you want to fill it in, is those who have been resurrected with Christ have life in In unseen eternal realities, and so it is best to keep our focus on those truths. Those who have been resurrected with Christ have life in unseen eternal realities, and so it is best to keep our focus on those truths. He goes on. Verse 2, he says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Set your mind means to form your thinking around, to form your thoughts around, to direct your, your thinking ability toward things that are above, not things that are below. And you might think, well, what good is it if it only exists in my mind, right? Like, like if this is just a, 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 a mindset, a, a, a reality that only exists in my brain because it doesn't exist here in this physical world, what good is that? Well, it doesn't only exist in our heads. Just because we set our minds on that doesn't mean that's the only place it exists. It truly exists in the unseen world. It is real. And as we conform our thinking to unseen realities, then we will see real changes in our own daily lives. That's where the rubber meets the road. We will will begin to live out of unseen truths, not seen things. I'll give you some examples here. You might have thought, I'm sure we all have thought at times, that I see behavior in my life that looks like the old me right? We know the old us. Paul's going to talk a lot about the old us and the new us in the rest of this chapter. I uh, remember one night after band practice uh, with Dan, we got into discussion about something and what we got into discussion about didn't matter. But I saw in that conversation the old me. I, I know that guy, right? The guy who has to win the argument, the guy who has to be right, the guy who has to make sure the other person sees my perspective, and it was ugly. Dan was gracious, you know, he's like, no big deal, you know, I apologize to him later or whatever. I was like, that's the old, I know that guy. So I could decide, you know what, I've, I saw the old me. So if my mind is set on earthly things, and my mind is set on that conversation I had with Dan, then I might conclude I must be the old me, right? Because it happened right in that hallway right there. Mindset on eternal things believes this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away, but new things have come. My mindset on eternal, the eternal reality that I am new should bring me to the conclusion not that I am the old me, but that I sometimes can act like the old me even though I'm the new me. But I gotta have my mindset on eternal realities to do that, right? You might look back at your, your past life and go, my life is littered with terrible mistakes and ugliness. And a mindset on earthy things might look at those things and go, you know what, I need to make up for that. I need to be a better person to make up for the years of my life that I was a terrible person. I probably can't do enough, right, to make up for that, but I have to try. That's mindset on earthly things. Mindset on eternal realities, the above the line ideas. Colossians 1:13 says, "For he rescued us from the d- domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins." 2:10 said, and in him you have been made complete. 2.14 says, having canceled the debt, the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He already brought us back. He already forgave it all. He already made you and me enough. He already nailed everything we ever did to the cross, and he took it out of the way. There's nothing more that needs to be done. Regardless of how you feel, the reality is there's nothing more. So set our minds on the things above, these realities. Set our minds on that. You might have the experience, as I do, that I have sins that are so attractive to me, so attractive. They look really, really, really good. Now, if I have my mindset on earthly things, I might think, you know what? I am my temptations. Look, how terrible it is that I, am, I desire that thing that I know is not good for me, that I know is not right for me. Or I might think my temptations have power over me. Look at how good it looks. It must have power over me. Or I might think, you know what? I need to try harder to battle my temptations because if I just put in enough self-effort, I'll get there one day, hopefully. Or maybe I need to add rules to my life to help me overcome this temptation. Seems like the way to go. Just pile on the rules. We'll get there. Or you go the other way and go, you know what? I guess defeat to my my temptations is just the status quo. It's just the way it's gonna be until I see his face. That is all mindset on earthly things. Mindset on eternal things? Looks at Romans 6 and says, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Are we slaves to sin? No, not above the line. For the one who has died is freed from sin. This is reality for us. This is not wishful thinking. This is the, the actual state of, of us, right? That above the line, this, these eternal realities, we have been freed from sin. Sin has no power to enslave us anymore. And this is not, at, this is not wishful thinking. This is reality. Romans 8. It says, so then, brothers and sisters, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you are living in accord with the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. We do not have to live by the, f- the flesh. We talked about this idea of flesh, which is kind of a big idea that we could write books and stuff about. But it's, it's our weak efforts to be righteous when you boil it down and if it's our efforts are weak can we agree they're pretty lame they don't get us very far or we can be led by the unspe- unseen spirit of god which is what sons and daughters of god were meant to do and the result is fleshly sinful thinking and actions will die they will be destroyed they they'll just be obliterated and we will truly live as we were intended to live as sons and daughters of God. But it's above the line, right? It's, it's the stuff that we have to trust him in. We have to believe him when he says things, right? For we, though we walk in the flesh, in these bodies, We do not wage battle according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Our weapons are not below the line, and those weapons are pretty darn weak if you try to use them. Our weapons are not empowered by human willpower, by our ability to to overcome in in ourselves, which is absolutely useless in our struggle. And I think all of us have probably pursued this and know the uselessness of it, right? Our power is empowered by the divine presence of the Spirit of God within us. And it's powerful to destroy spiritual fortresses that exist in our lives, to bring down those walls, and the results, we won't look at them, but verse 5 and verse 6 talk about taking every thought captive, which, by the way, almost every time I hear people refer to that, they're like, in my own self-effort, I'm going to take every thought captive. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about this divine power t- to have our minds, th- th- these thoughts be taken captive like armies take people captive, Right? Verse 6 talks about full obedience, not partial obedience, but full obedience. And it only comes when we're fighting with the right weapons, the -the above-the-line weapons. Set our minds here. This is where our mindset should be, in eternal realities, eternal truths. And then he says the why. Look at verse 3. He says, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. It says, remember, you have died. You have died to all these earthly realities, these below-the-line realities. Yeah, sure, we still live below the line. We still live in this world. But the truest things about you and me are outside of what we can see and hear and taste and touch and smell. They're outside of that. So stop believing the stuff that we can see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. Stop believing that because I, I, I witnessed myself sin yesterday that somehow I'm bound by that. Stop believing those things instead believe the reality of our new life in Christ. Our life is hidden. The, the core of our life is hidden. It's, it's unseen. It's out of sight. And the reason for that is that our life is above the line. It's where Jesus is. It's, it's, it's where our death occurred. It's, it's where our new life comes from. Is above the line. So why would we focus on the stuff of this earth? Why would we ever Focus on, on things that we tend to believe about ourselves. Like things that I've come up with about myself, my truth, right? Man, so many people are seeking their truth. What a, what a useless effort. Why are you doing that, right? That's all earthly stuff. Stay away from that. Pursue his truth about me. That's the truth. Set our minds there. I thought of this idea, illustration, when um, after I graduated high school, I I went to Greenville College in Southern Illinois. My uh, freshman year, when I was there, keep in mind, I grew up in Carson City, Nevada, okay? And I moved to Southern Illinois, right? Halfway across the country. I left all of my friends, all of my family back in Carson City, uh, I left the girl that I loved with everything I was back in Carson City. Now she's right there. Um, she was back there, right? And every day, I typed a letter, printed it off, stuck it in the fax machine, and faxed Melissa a letter every day. It shows you how old I am, right? <laughs> Email was not a thing when this was going on, so I, this was the way I could get her a letter, right? So every day, I'm typing a letter, faxing it back to her. Why? My mind was there. My heart was there. I actually had a hard time getting comfortable in college and making friends in college because my mind wasn't where I was. My mind was on her. My mind was on my friends back home. In fact, I ended up after the first semester coming home for a semester. And then I went back, but I took Melissa with me. But see, I was in one place, but all of my thinking was somewhere else. All of my focus was somewhere else. And I don't know if that was the best thing for me. Probably wasn't. But 100%, the best thing for us now is for us to be a little homesick, right? The best thing for us now is to focus our attention and, 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 and have our minds drawn to eternal realities, not physical realities, focusing on Christ's work, not our own work. And certainly, if there is ever a discrepancy be- between what we see on this earth and what Jesus says is true, where are we going? we got to go with the eternal realities, because they are far more true than any truth we're going to find here. Put it in your handout if you want to fill it in. Is when temporal data suggests something different than eternal truths, our thinking should conform to the eternal things found in Christ. When temporal data, things here, suggest something different than eternal truths, our thinking should conform to the eternal things found in Christ. And again, not because they're wishful thinking, but because they're true, they're real. It's what's real about the world. All right, last verse, verse four. He says, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Think about this. Our lives are wrapped around one person, Christ, right? Everything we are is his. Everything we want is in him. The, the source of all, our, all of our strength and victory in life comes from him. And we have never seen him. Right? Jesus is an unseen reality. The, the person who we have wrapped our whole lives around is an unseen reality. But it won't stay that way. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive will remain and be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Because we're not with him now, at least physically, right? We're not face-to-face, but we will be. 1 Corinthians 13 says for now we see in a mirror dimly but then face to face i know in part but then i will know fully just as i have also just as i also have been known first john 3 see how great a love the father has given us that we should be called children of god and in fact we are unseen reality right we got to be convinced of it For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. We will see him face to face. When he is revealed, we will come face to face with our Lord. The unseen will become seen. Sounds pretty great. I'm ready. Let's get it done. Right? At that point, that is when we will see our true selves for the very first time. We will be revealed with him in glory, right? Because all of the things we're talking about are unseen. You can't see these things in me. You can't see this reconciliation I have with God. You can't see it, right? You can't see the forgiveness I have. You can't see this new person I am in Christ, right? But we will will see it then. All of the unseen things will become seen, our true selves will show up and we'll be able to see them for the first time. We will experience this citizenship of the kingdom of light, right? In in this realm, we are citizens of the United States of America, right? In that moment, we will be citizens of the kingdom of light. We are that now, but we'll see it. We'll witness the peace that we have with God in Christ, we will be actually actually see it. Our holiness, our blamelessness, our faultlessness will be obvious to everyone, including ourselves. Christ in us, the power that works in us, will be clearly seen. Not just the ripple effects of it. Our completeness in Christ will be obvious. Our, our spiritually circumcised heart, everyone will be like, hey, there it is. I remember we were talking about the fact that we have those things, and now I can see it, right? Our risen selves will have no hint of death in them. In this reality, I was on my feet most of the day yesterday. I was knocking down studs in my house and stuff like that. I am sore and I'm worn out. It's a mark of death on me, right? I just want to go crawl into bed. Won't be any hint of that then. And the key is to keep in mind that we won't become those things on that day. That's not when we will become them. We have already become those things. That's just when everyone else will see it clearly and we'll be able to look in the mirror and see it clearly. So now... In this time, in this place, set our minds and our hearts and our focus on the true things above the line about us and live out of those things. That's what he's calling us to. The point on uh, the handout is in the end, all of these unseen truths about us will become seen truths. All of these unseen truths about us will become seen truths. Let's read the bottom of the handout together. It says, many of the things that Jesus has done for us and in us are unseen realities that we have to be told in order to understand. Just because they are unseen does not make them somehow less true, but even more true because the seen is passing away but these truths are eternal and unshakable. We can choose to spend our lives focused only on temporal things, but we will miss out on all of the best that God has for us. For it is far better to look up, fixing our minds on the eternal as we wait for the day when all that is unseen will be seen. In the meantime, our faith in and focus on the unseen truths that Christ has revealed will have ripple effects that will transform our here and now. And there were just some questions on your handout throughout. Uh, what are one or two ways, one, one or two areas of your life that you may need to shift your focus upwards? In what ways might you be tempted to buy into what your experience tells you is true over what Christ tells us is true? And what are the things that you are most excited to see revealed about yourself when we see Christ? Let me pray for us. Lord, we are so thankful for these truths. We're so thankful that there's this whole um, body of information about us that we wouldn't know unless you told us, um, because we just can't see it, the sight of, of heaven. And, um, and we're just so thankful that you tell us so that we can live out of those things and so that you can transform our lives now um, in ways that are, uh, are amazing, are, are truly supernatural. And um, so we're just really, really thankful that you've revealed these truths to us. Help us to um, keep our minds on those eternal truths, especially when our world wants to tell us things or, uh, or our enemy wants to whisper things to us um, that seem really logical because we can see them in real life. We can see our failure in real life, in real time. And, and our world's going to want, want to tell us things about that. Our, our enemy's going to want to tell us things about that. But, Lord, we want to focus our attention on you. We want to listen to what you say about us, what you say is true. So, Lord, help us to do that. Help us to get our focus in the right place. Help us to set our minds on eternal realities and trust you in those things. Pray this song in your name. Amen.